Good morning on this Thursday morning and welcome to our devotional Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. We left off yesterday talking about as we were <clears throat> identifying anyone that is in Christ Jesus. He is a new creature, a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And one of those new things was relationships. We had used 2 Corinthians 6.14, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion has light with darkness? And we used the book of 1 John to identify how our fellowship and walking in the light, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness. In Revelation 21.3, it says, And I heard a great voice, out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he shall dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Now, throughout the scripture, God identifies himself with his people, and his people are supposed to identify themselves with their God. While in the new heaven and the new earth and during all this that is taking place in the book of Revelation, we find that God himself <clears throat> is going to dwell with them and they shall be his people. Notice that they shall be his people and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Can you imagine I don't know if you can even think it, of living forever, for all eternity, and having God dwell with us and we with Him. And He will call us His people. And He will be our God. Then the scripture says in Revelation 21.4, as we look at this, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Now that relates back to what we had said. If any man be in Christ Jesus, he is a new creature, a new creation, Old things have passed away, behold, all things become new. Here in this verse that we just read in Revelation 21.4, it says, not only shall there be no more death, not only shall he wipe away our tears, not only will there be no more sorrow, no more crying, neither there any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Former, that means the previous things, the things that existed before are passed away. Can you stop and think for a second and consider how many children go to sleep at night crying because they've not eaten, hungry? How many people, husbands, wives, and children, men, women, young, old, rich, poor, that are in pain day and night because of the assaults on the physical human body. And that pain 
can be there non-stop. Can you imagine the sorrow that is felt every single time that a loved one passes away or when a relationship is broken or so many other things. Uh, you didn't get the job. You lost the job. Uh, you didn't pass uh, school. You didn't get the grades that you wanted. You didn't get into the school that you want. So many things. How many tears can we count? How, how many tears have been shed through our eyes? Now remember, in the scripture, there is a section where God has literally taken our tears and put them in a bottle from all the years of suffering, pain, and everything. He takes that into consideration. But there will be a day where there will be no more tears. He shall wipe them away. There will be no more death. Death will have been vanquished, totally and completely defeated. There will be no more sorrow, no more crying. There will be no more pain. That is an interesting one because everybody goes through some type of pain, whether it's emotional, whether it's physical, uh, some type of toil, some type of suffering, some type of something. But to be in a state where that is taken away because of the relationship that we have now and the relationship that we have even then with our Lord and our Master. And I'll say our new Lord and our new Master because when we were translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light, we were also translated from who was our Master and who was our Lord. The scripture says in the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 24, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate one and love the other, or else he will hold on to one and despise the other. You can't serve God and you can't serve money at the same time. Well, the scripture uses the word mammon. But uh, basically, it's simply just talking about wealth. You can't serve wealth at the same time that you serve God. One of them has to be your Lord and Master. In the book of Luke, chapter 16, verse 10 and 11 onward, it says, He that is faithful in that which is the least, faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in that which is the least, will also be unjust in that which is much. If you therefore have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon or wealth, in other words, a lot of people, wealth controls them, money control, And you don't have to be super rich or even rich to have money control you. All you have to do is have a covetousness towards it. And covetousness towards it winds up being the Lord of our lives. Even Paul taught in the book of Timothy, 1 Timothy in chapter 6, where he talked about riches and those that are rich. He talked about the love of money. Not money, but the love of money, the motive for it, the wanting, the covetousness, the desire, the envy for it is, is the root of all evil. Who will then commit to you 
or to your trust the true riches. In other words, how can God give us that which is the best, which we cannot even be faithful in that which is the least? There has to be a responsibility in this. In other words, recognizing his lordship and his ownership over everything. He is the creator of heaven and earth, but also the possessor of heaven and earth. The earth is his and all that is in it. Not some of it, all that is in it. It's not the devil's. The earth is the Lord's. It's never been the devil. He may have taken control of the cosmos, which is basically the lives of individuals in the realm of, whether it's education, whether it's economics, uh, whether it's social things, of this world. But he is not in control of the planet. That is not his. It never has been. The scripture teaches in Luke 16, 12, And if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? If we can't be faithful in the things that entrust, that God entrusts to us, and there are so many, we, we really do not stop and think. Have you ever stopped to think about when somebody gives you a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, gives you some advice that is godly, holy, someone that entrusts to you that which contains life in it and truth, and yet we despise it or we ignore it or we take it at the least for something that, well, you know, I'll take it into consideration. When in reality, if we can't be faithful in that which is somebody else's, borrowing somebody's car, uh, borrowing somebody's equipment, and then you return it back in whatever condition, all broken and everything, if we can't be faithful in that which is somebody else's, then who is going to give you that which is your own? So there has to be an understanding that there is a lordship, an ownership, a possession of, and that is God. God is the possessor and the owner of our bodies. We have been bought with a price. We are not our own. We're to glorify him with our lives in everything that we do, whether it be in word or deed. We're all to do it to the glory of God. The scripture says in Philippians, in chapter 2, verse 10, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of things in heaven, of things in earth, and things underneath the earth. And that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Think about that. He is Lord, not will be, He is Lord. The book of Acts actually identifies in chapter 2, in verse 36, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know, this is what Peter was preaching to them, before their hearts were pricked, and they wanted to know what to do to be saved. Let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made that same Jesus, whom you have crucified, has made him both Lord and Christ. 
He is both the Lord and the Anointed One, the Messiah. Think about that. That is one of the things that has changed. Money is not our Lord. Satan is not our Lord. Nothing on this earth can ever take the place of God being and Jesus being the Lord of our lives and also being the Christ, the Anointed One. So that is another new thing that takes place in the life of the believer, that there is transference of allegiance to a new Lord and a new Master. And Jesus literally is our Master, and we are bond servants unto Him. That means we have surrendered our lives willingly to serve Him, whether we get pay or not. But yet He is faithful to reward us. But we are His bond servants. We have volunteered. We have willingly said, my life is yours. Do with it as you please. Is that the way you think? Is that the way you meditate? Is that the way that you consider your life? That it doesn't belong to you, but it belongs to another. And he wants to take care of it to the point of wiping away every tear, taking away all sorrow, taking away all pain, dealing with all these things, even now, as it will be one day in the future. Until we meet again on Friday, the Lord richly bless you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.